Hi, this is Andrew Kreisberg, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to CBS's Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Carly Lane. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss the season one penultimate episode of the show titled Myriad. I like to use penultimate whenever I can because you don't get to use it very often. (laughs) Um, So that's pretty fun. Um, But before we get to that discussion, we will have the news. Entertainment Weekly's Spoiler Room was asked, Is there a Cara Danvers on Earth 1? Could we meet her on The Flash? Andrew Kreisberg answered the question saying, quote, Any Cara that exists on Earth 1 would also have had to have been an alien. It can't just be Cara Danvers from Poughkeepsie, unquote. Um, <laughs> so what do you guys think about this? Do you, um, do you think this uh, could be a possibility? Um, Carly, we'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, I it was funny because I saw that quote come out a couple days ago. And so to me, it kind of sounds like they're alluding to maybe like a different version of Supergirl could show up on Earth-1, like somebody that we haven't seen before. Maybe, I mean, I was curious to see if maybe it was like the Power Girl version of Kara Zor-El, um, which would kind of be fun because it would be like a unique way for them to do another Supergirl flash. I mean, as much as I would want... You know, I would want our Kara to be on the Flash and to have more cuteness. Um, <laughs> it would it would be kind of fun to see a different version of her from another Earth. So that's that would be something I would be curious about. Like, to, and also I think it would be kind of fun to see Melissa Benoist play a different Kara Zor-El. So that could be a fun little a fun little twist on a crossover. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I think uh, Power Girl is actually the Earth Two version of Supergirl. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as I'm aware. So I think it's actually really possible. Morgan, what do you think about this? Yeah, I think that's really interesting. That's not something that I would have like thought about them doing, but the quote seems to sort of uh, lean that way. Yeah, I'm hoping that this means there's a season two. I know we keep like going, hey, <laughs> are you going to confirm it or are you not going to confirm it? Um, so I don't know if they're talking about this kind of thing that gives me some hope there might be a season two um, uh, officially. But I, I like this idea because even though it would be more fun to see the, the Cara Zor-El that we know, the Cara Danvers on The Flash, um, just to see her and her and Barry have another adventure together, I, I do think it would be kind of a, a neat little take on it to actually show Power Girl. Although I would also like Power Girl to show up on Supergirl. <laughs> so um, I have a lot of needs. I have a lot of <laughs> requests. I have, a, I have a huge wish list. So uh, whatever they decide to do, 
I will uh, go along for the ride. Um, but that's it for the news. So let's get into our discussion of the season one episode of Supergirl titled Myriad. Here's the official description by CBS. Quote, Kara must find a way to free her friends when Non and Indigo use mind control to turn National City's citizens into their own army. Unquote. Uh, so this, uh, this episode had a lot going on. Um, I guess we will start since this uh, was called Myriad. Let's talk about Myriad first. Um, Carly, what did you think about the way that Non and, and Indigo used Myriad to kind of take over National City? It, it's kind of fascinating to me that they basically tried to say, oh, well, we're going to use Myriad to, like, solve all of Earth's problems. But then, so, like, the way that they were equipping it, they're like, oh, well, we're going to solve, you know, all the wars and all of crime. And did you notice how crime, we haven't had any crime since everyone's been brainwashed? Like, <laughs> that's great. Um, so that was, I mean, it's interesting because it, it, it opens the door for, like, a discussion on, you know, well, is it really possible to erase all of the Earth's problems without there being some devastating side effect or without, like, a, a negative side effect? So I thought that was interesting. And I and I I was surprised too, I think, also at how much um well it was fun to see Indigo again, but I also was surprised at how much she, she seemed like she was kind of trying to play with non like kind of use non to, to carry out her she seemed like yeah. she had her own agenda and she was kind of trying to like puppeteer him in in certain aspects oh yeah she was definitely prodding him to do things yeah yeah what what did you think about indigo's return did did you see anything different or new that that you thought about her character well she i was i think i said it during the episode but the whole fight scene that she has at the end with martian manhunter i was like did she just go like t-1000 on like terminator (laughs) on when she like when she had that little like extension of her, I guess it's like her little claw, nail hand. It's just like it was like very, it felt very Terminator to me <laughs> when she like injured him. <laughs> yeah, um, she, she did something like that in the previous episode where Supergirl had to stop the missile. Oh right. So yeah, I I, I don't and when she had to like turn both keys of the yeah 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 oh yeah that's military. right. So I I don't know. I mean I. If she, you know, if she's a, a relative of Brainiac, I don't think Brainiac <laughs> has those powers. So I think they're taking a little bit of a liberty there. But yeah, it, it's kind of interesting they've given her that power set. Yeah. And it was, she definitely had the, like, the villain moment of, are they really dead? Like, because he throws her into, I guess it was some kind of shed or something that <laughs> it, exploded. It somehow caught on fire. <laughs> it somehow exploded, like, right away. Um and then, and then you don't know if she's dead. And then she kind of just walks out of the flames, which I thought was cool. I liked that whole shot of her just coming out of the fire. Like, <laughs> it was very cool to see her playing, you know. And, and uh, you know, Laura Vandervoort, we know, has it, played Supergirl on Smallville. So it was kind of fun to see her walking out, like, you know, being like the bad girl. Oh, yeah. Yeah, coming yeah. out of a... a, a- scene with fire just screams i'm a villain um (laughs) so yeah she 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 seems to eat it up which i which i love um morgan what are your thoughts on myriad and how non and indigo were using this to take control of the city 
Yeah, I thought it was really interesting too. I liked that uh, the Indigo was like, you're not thinking big enough. Like taking over the whole world was not like as big as she was thinking. She's like, this could be even better. Like we could just go out and we could conquer everything. Uh, And like, I felt like Nan was even like a little bit like kind of put off. Like, no, we've got the one plan and it's taking (laughs) over the world. Like, I don't want to take over anything other than Earth. Like, she was like, you're thinking too small. I thought that was really interesting. And uh, the uh, the Myriad stuff was was really interesting, too, because, I mean, it got really, really dark um, when you when like Nan makes uh, Wynn and Jimmy and then uh, Kara's other friend who I'm uh, Kelly, I think Kelly. Her name. Yeah. R.I.P. Kelly. Well, you, <laughs> you knew, like I knew, like you knew immediately when like Kara comes into the uh, cat co and she's like, Kelly. Yeah. She, she like, knew her name. <laughs> yeah. She's like, Kelly, are you okay? And I'm like, who's Kelly? <laughs> and you just know Kelly is cannon fodder. You're like, Oh, Kelly, R.I.P. Girl. <laughs> it was kind of sad because I feel like they made it like you were supposed to care about her, but I was like, we haven't seen her before this. So I feel like other than Kara knowing her by name, like we don't have any kind of connection to her as a character. So, I mean, unfortunately, although the, although the scene, it, I mean, it was tragic. The fact that, you know, she couldn't save all of them, but I was like, I feel like we would care more if we had spent more time with her. That was my only nitpick is that <laughs> I think I saw somebody on Twitter was like, Oh, the, the guess she couldn't save the girl that I don't know. Like, you know, <laughs> do you know what I mean? So it was kind of like, we didn't, we didn't really get that attached to her. So I think the loss wasn't as, it didn't make as much of an impact as I think it could have. But yeah, yeah, I I totally agree. And I feel like they could have corrected that by just having like Kelly pop up in like maybe one or two episodes prior for just like a couple of scenes, like not even much of anything, like just having them like exchange pleasantries or something. So you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. Kelly, she loves mochaccinos and like (laughs) or something like like, that. She has like one thing that you know about her other than like her hair is red and I think her name is Kelly. And then like, so yeah, it's supposed to be really deeply affecting. And like, obviously it is for Kara because she knows this girl and she like works with her. But on the audience level, I'm like, okay, that's a bummer. <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely agree that it would have had more impact if we had known this, this chick. Um, it sort of reminds me of like, I don't know, like Batman, the animated series or any really any kids show where, you know, a bad guy falls off a building and then they fall into like a river or something. They don't die. Um, so I think they might have not given her much presence just so we wouldn't feel connected. I think there's like a downside and an upside to it. It's like, well, if we don't know her and she dies, then we're, you know, it's not going to be too dark for, you know, younger audiences maybe. But if we do know her, it has more of a personal impact on the audience to, to see Supergirl lose her. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I know what they were trying to do, but I, I personally agree with y'all that I, yeah. I, I would have wanted to have more of an impact on that moment. Because yeah. it, it is a huge lesson for Supergirl, and it's something, you know, I think we've talked about in previous podcast episodes where, you know, superheroes can't always save everybody. And she, she only had two hands. Um, so maybe there could have been something she could have done, but in that moment, she could only catch two people. Well, what about, um, cause I kind of want to talk about the, the big sequence at the DEO at the beginning of the episode. Cause part of that 
sort of cracked me up at the beginning because Lucy kind of walks in with these other agents like <laughs> in sync like they're yeah. walking in sync and I was like what is happening like is this like DEO swagger that Lucy has like um made everybody kind of fall in line with now that she's in charge but you know they're in sync to show that they are all kind of mind controlled so I was like oh that makes sense mm-hmm. um but what did you guys think about how like Non kind of comes in there, takes over the DEO, and wants to release all the prisoners. Um, Carly, we'll start with you. Uh, yeah, I I had the same thought though, as far as like the synchronized walking. I was like, <laughs> I was like, what's going on? And because I forgot that it picked right up where we left off with Myriad, and I was like, oh, okay, that makes much more sense. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that Supergirl was able to stop it because I feel like that would have just created so many more problems. Um, But I do like that we got to see, even just for brief moments, some of the some of the like evil creatures that they had locked up and everything. So you kind of got a sense of like what the stakes were or they would they would have been if everyone had got out. Um, And we got to see Maxima, who was like awesome, even though she was also only brief, but. It's interesting because I, I, even though I think the fight scene between her and Supergirl was pretty short, it did seem pretty cool. I mean, there were, they, they, I don't know. It's interesting because I, I remember the whole interview that we did with Lexi Alexander, like talking about how they changed how the stunts were going to be choreographed, like after she, after the episode she directed. And I feel like I could, that there was evidence of that in this fight scene between Maxima and Supergirl. Like it just, it kind of felt like, even though it was a short, stunt it was i mean it was pretty it was pretty intense and like well choreographed oh yeah that was a great yeah. fight and i i thought eve torres uh gracie she, she was awesome as maxima i i yeah. didn't know what to think about her because i knew that she had been a wrestler and all of that and i didn't know what her acting skills maybe would be like but i kind of thought that was a good fit for her because what i know of professional wrestling is they <laughs> go out there they talk a lot of trash and they beat people up. Well, <laughs> that's exactly what Maxima did. She she came in there. She talked a bunch of smack. And she threatened Supergirl. And they had a fight. And so that was right up her alley. So I was, like, really impressed with her. I was like, wow, you are owning this right now. So yeah. I, I actually hope we get to see more of Maxima. And it sounds like we will. Because now it sounds sounds like she's sort of tied in with Non and everything. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing... Uh, what we might see from Maxima in the future because, you know, A plus. I was I was impressed yeah. with her. Um, I love that they yeah, alluded, thought, like, oh. yeah, to her. Oh, sorry. I was just saying I would love that they alluded to her history with Superman, too. Yep. Where she talked about how she wanted to be his mate and Supergirl just goes, ew, gross. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to hear about Kala like that. That's gross. That was great. That was great. <laughs> and yeah, that's that's something from the comics. That's, that's happened in the comics. It happened on Smallville where um, Maxima was you know, going after Clark. So she has a history of that. Um, Morgan, what did you think about the, the DEO fights and Maxima's introduction? Yeah, I thought it was so cool. I thought that the, that whole fight scene with Maxima was, was really amazing, but I, I was a little taken out of the scene because I, I, the way that they kind of introduced Maxima was like, you should know who this character is. And I was Mm. like, did I forget the episode she was on? And I was like going through my mind, like, which episode was she a villain in? And then I, I like literally Google searched it to try to figure out like what I had missed. And I was like, Oh no, just this one. So, (laughs) so I, I don't, I don't know. 
how they could have done it in a different way, but I definitely felt like I had missed a step. Like I was like, who? Uh, <laughs> but I, I liked her. I liked her introduction and her character. And I think that like the stuff about Superman and her, like, wanting to be his mate and stuff like that. Like the way that they worked that into the dialogue was really clever. Um, and the fight scene was obviously awesome. I was just like, wait, did I miss something? Yeah, no, it, it was definitely a lot, a lot happened in this episode. So it was very quick. Everything felt like, like even when I was live tweeting during the episode, I was like, I can't keep up with what is happening here. And I know that I've missed, like when I watched it again, the second time to prepare for recording this podcast, I was like, I missed probably 70% of this episode while I was like trying to live tweet. Um, so yeah, the, the Maxima stuff was, um, kind of done very quickly. And the question I had about that whole sequence was, okay, so Nan's big plan, first of all, it cracked me up that he showed up on the monitors in the DEO. I'm like, people <laughs> need to do something about these villains popping up on the monitors because they do it all the time. They really um, have to, like, encrypt their signal or something. They got to do something because, I mean, villains, they're just popping up all the time. I like to imagine somebody's like in the DEO control room, like, I'm, I'm sorry, we have another call from a supervillain. <laughs> yeah. Should we just patch that in or? <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take it. Um, but so like his whole plan is like, I'm going to release all of the villains that have been imprisoned in the DEO. And I was like, that's kind of cool. That'd be fun to see all these aliens and stuff, you know, running amok in the streets. But then like, I was like, but why would you want to do that? Like, as non, I just I was sort of thinking about his character. Like, you're the you're the guy with all the power. You're the big villain who has control of all these people. Why would you want other villains out in the streets doing? Like, I was just really confused about his motivations behind wanting to set all these other villains out. Um, so I guess it's a good thing that Supergirl stopped him because that whole thing was confusing me as to why he would want to do that. Though he was like, don't release the White Martian because that one would <laughs> cause me problems. <laughs> like, just just the White Martian. That, that was the only one that was going to cause him problems. Um, so I thought that was kind of bizarre, but, um, but it was an interesting sequence. Um, and so we have Nan and Indigo trying to put, actually, they do. They do, they do succeed in putting Myriad into, into effect. It's in action. Um, and then there are some characters on the show trying to stop it. Uh, what did you guys think about Supergirl working with Cat Grant and Maxwell Lord of all people? Um, Carly, we'll start with you. I, I joked about this before it happened, but I, I said, if anybody would be immune to Myriad, it would be Cat Grant. <laughs> <laughs> and then she walked out of the elevator. I heard the elevator ding and I went, yes. I mean, granted, we found out it was because of the earrings that Maxwell Lord gave her, but that she chose to wear that day. But I I loved it. I thought it was really great that, like, of course, of course, she would not be affected for whatever reason and also not have any clue what was going on, like not (laughs) notice anything different about anything. (laughs) She was just glued to her phone. Also, I have to give the Supergirl writers major props for including the joke about Harrison Ford. Yes. <laughs> I, I, the joke about Har- not calling Harrison Ford back because she doesn't date older men, which was... Especially amazing. when they're married. Yes, especially because they're IRL <laughs> married. Um, I, I have to believe... Like, I, it's one of those things, too, that I love that when actors are kind of willing to poke fun at themselves in their, in their show or movie or whatever they're doing, so... It's, I, I, I was like major props to Calista Flockhart for kind of poking fun at her like own marriage in 
super like being willing to make fun of herself. <laughs> oh, for sure. And that's actually something that I would believe from a Cat Grant character standpoint that she has Harrison Ford calling her. Like, I totally <laughs> believe that that would happen. So, yeah, that's, that's, oh, that's really fun. But yeah, it was so good. And, you know, it's one of those things, too, where... Of course, Maxwell Lord, I think, is one of the people that Supergirl would least like <laughs> to work with <laughs> or like not want to be caught dead working with. So, of course, he's the one that she has to work with to <laughs> stop the <laughs> myriad course. from happening. Um, but then, of course, he has the worst plan. But it gave us like the really nice moment between Supergirl and Kat and talking and, and Kat giving her all that encouragement and motivation and kind of the inspiration for her idea. Uh, that they eventually end up using, but I don't know. I still think Kat knows that she's Supergirl. I can't believe that she can. <laughs> I feel like after all this time, she has to know. Well, I thought what? it was. Yeah. I, I thought it was interesting. Sorry to interrupt, Morgan. Oh, that's um, right. I thought it was interesting that when Kat walks into, like you were saying, when she walks into Catco, when everybody's kind of taken over by Myriad she doesn't notice anything. And so when she's talking, she's just kind of ranting and talking to Kira mm -hmm. and Supergirl is the one who's standing there. Like right. she, I, I don't even know if she's, she's looking at her phone. Yeah. So she might be oblivious to it. Maybe she's just kind of talking out of her head, just assuming things. But the fact that like she called her Kira, even the Supergirl was standing there. I thought that was very interesting. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, don't I know. still, that I been still a thing. think that she knows. Like, I don't know. I, I like can't let go of the, the like the theory that she's she knows, and she's just like, fine. If this is the game, we have to play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would I would like to believe that that is the case because I, I think she's much smarter than that. Yeah. So, uh, Morgan, what did you think about the the plan? Like Carly mentioned, the plans between you know Maxwell's plan and and Cat and Supergirl's plan. What did you think about those two scenarios? Yeah, I really, I really liked that because it's like asking a really deep moral question. Like what's happening is that like the, the whole world is slowly being taken over and Maxwell's plan probably would have worked to stop it, but it also would have resulted in the deaths of like thousands and thousands of people. So it's like, do you do that? Or do you just like let the world kind of, get taken over and uh and cat being like those aren't the only two options like you're supergirl you can find a better way i really loved that that balcony scene and it's it's amazing how like throughout this whole this first season how much cat has sort of been that person telling supergirl like you can do this you can figure out another way uh like believing in her so much. And I, I really like that they were like hammering that home in this episode that like that bond between the two of them. Yeah, for sure. And I, I know a lot of people think that Kat is just very shallow and uh, very on the surface, but I, I have liked over the course of the season that we've seen kind of a deeper side to Kat, that she actually is a very hopeful person who is very encouraging to other people. And I guess that part of that is, you know, the mother in her, that she has these two kids that they kind of barely mention on the <laughs> show. I don't know if they've been taken over by Myriad. I don't know. She didn't seem very concerned about them, so I guess not. <laughs> um, but I I really like that. You know, she, she tell because Kat and Supergirl kind of inspire each other. Kat says that Supergirl taught her that, Hope is stronger than fear. And I love the moment that, uh, you know, as a, as a Superman, Supergirl fan, that she says that every time she sees the S-Shield, th she thinks 
of that. She thinks of hope. So I, I enjoyed that that little moment. And um, I actually was kind of surprised by how kind of well thought out the plan B was because Max's plan made sense because there was no, you know, it was kind of tough for them because he talks about how the satellites have this force field around them and they can't do anything from a technology standpoint. So now they've got to go to this rundown radio slash TV broadcast station, which (laughs) as someone who has experience in that field, I was laughing about because I was like, who is paying for this little facility? Because clearly (laughs) somebody has the power on because you have monitors in there that have bars and tone on there. My favorite was when he was like, this this equipment is really old. And Kat was like, excuse me? Well, and, and they're like, and he was like, not you, not you. <laughs> and they're and they're like, is this going to work? And Kat is like, well, I don't see why it won't. And I'm like, but that's not how that works. These <laughs> machines have to be maintained. This is not something you could just walk in. And start. But that's a whole little stupid nitpick. But I thought the idea for the, and correct me if I misread this, but it sounds like they are going to use that to broadcast a message of hope to the people who are taken over by Myriad because it seems like, you know, if they can communicate it to one person, they can communicate it to everybody because that was the, the way, the really scary, creepy way that Myriad works is that if Nan says something, it's communicated through the people he's controlling. So I actually was like, okay, that's actually not a bad plan. We'll see how this works. Uh, and I, I enjoyed as a Cat Grant fan that it sort of went back to her reporter days and to her her news roots, so I I enjoyed all of that. And I guess before we move on from Kat and Maxwell, um, Carly, since you mentioned it earlier, there was a little moment between Kat and Maxwell where they talk about the earrings that he gives her. What did you think about that? Uh, Yeah, I I mean, they've played in past episodes, too, that Kat and Maxwell either have some kind of romantic history or there's, like, a little bit of tension between them. So I thought it was interesting that not only did he give her earrings, but that she accepted them yeah, <laughs> and also wore them. Like she could have just not worn them. I mean, I don't know if she necessarily, maybe she put them on and didn't remember that he gave them to her. But it's interesting that, you know, I think, I think there's kind of this, they have this like weird relationship. <laughs> it's a non-relationship, but it's, you know, I guess you could call it maybe like an understanding. Um, but, you know, he asks her at one point, I think they're in the control room and he asks, or she, I think she says like, how did you know that I would wear them? And he's like, I didn't. So even he wasn't really entirely sure that, you know, she was going to not only accept the earrings, but wear them at some point. Uh, it just happened to be on the best day that she could have worn them. But yeah, so I, I thought it was interesting. I kind of, I actually kind of like the fact that they, like, he goes up to her and, like, touches the earrings and they have, like, a little moment. And then they're like, okay, back to, like, <laughs> back yeah. to work. Yeah, it's it's neat because they, they kind of tie this episode kind of in this theme of, like, having hope and trying to, you know, share hope with other people. And when, when Kat asks him, you know, how did you know I wear them? He says, well, you know, I had hope. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really interesting that even a, a bad guy like Maxwell Lord, who sometimes acts up and acts out, he he has hope too. Um, Morgan, what what's your take on Cat and Maxwell? 
Yeah, I just I mostly just want to know so much more about their relationship. I I like that the sh- the show is like slow playing it, and you don't know did they have a romantic history? Have they always just been kind of flirtatious with each other? Is it just like sexual tension? Like what is going on there? And they've they've sort of been hinting at it like all season, but they have they we still it's almost the finale, and we still don't know like what the deal with them is. And I really liked it. I really liked their interactions together this uh, this episode, and definitely that earring exchange. I was like, ooh, <laughs> hello, chemistry. <laughs> yeah, I've I've heard. Um, I don't know that this is a spoiler. Um, fast forward like 30 seconds if you don't want to hear this but I've heard you know rumors that someone is going to die this season on Supergirl which seems to be a common thread on a lot of shows that I watch and I'm not real (laughs) excited about that prospect but (laughs) if someone does die I'm sort of concerned and I wouldn't have said this a couple episodes ago but because of that little earring thing I am a little concerned now that Maxwell Lord is the one to kick the bucket because he he has a comment about, you know, wanting to be a hero and not not being sure of how long he has and, you know, maybe wrapping things up with Cad and kind of having an understanding with Supergirl. I'm like, oh, things do not look good for you, Maxwell Lord. Things are things are adding up for to be bad things for you, um, which is unfortunate because I actually would like them to pursue the Cat Grant Maxwell Lord thing. I think that is really that's an interesting relationship that I think could be um, fun to watch. So, I, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with that. I, yeah, like, at the very yeah. least, I want to know what happened, like, you know, what happened with them. Like, what was their, you know, what was their relationship? What, you know, because there's obviously an untold story there. And with one episode left in the season, I mean, if he really does go, like, we're we're never going to find out unless it's, like, in flashbacks. Like, I just want to know more about his character. I would be really sad if they if they did kill him off because I feel like he's got a lot of untapped potential still, like, storyline-wise. The only reason I feel like I would be okay with it is because I feel like it would give him a hero moment and he hasn't really been much of a hero this season. <laughs> like, between, you know, the whole, like, Bizarro Girl thing that was kind of not great and, you know... <laughs> Like, he hasn't really had the moment or a chance to redeem himself. And so I think if he made the sacrifice, it would be, it would kind of be that redeeming moment for him. Um, But I agree. I'd be, I would be disappointed, but I would understand, I think I would understand it from, say, like a storytelling perspective. If they, if they, you know, if he kind of had the hero, like sacrifice moment (laughs) yeah he definitely seems to go be moving towards a redemption arc of some kind because he even has a nice moment with supergirl where he talks about um how he tried to warn his parents about the the suits they were in that kind of didn't hold up and led to their deaths and nobody listened to him and and that sort of i was like oh we're getting some kind of character motivation for him that's actually kind of substantial i i sort of like this that like this spurs his 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 inability to save his parents is kind of what spurs his desire to help people without asking for, for, for permission first, first, which I was like, Oh, so that's why he's just kind of a jerk, but he's, he thinks he's doing the right thing, even though he um, might put people at risk or um, is not doing it by the book. He's doing it because he's not going to wait around to ask people if it's okay, because that's been part of his, um, it goes back to his parents. So I was like, oh, that's actually kind of interesting uh, character-wise for him. So 
that actually, once he said that, I was like, oh, that everything he's done this season has sort of connected back to that. So I, I like that a lot. And I, I, f- I feel like we should also talk about the um, other, well, I shouldn't say people, the other beings that Supergirl goes for help, uh, goes to seek help from uh, at the Fortress of Solitude. We probably should mention them because that was really cool that she went back to the fortress and she encounters Kellex and her mother's AI. Um, Carly, what did you think about Supergirl's uh, recent visit to the Fortress of Solitude? It was interesting because I think before she was kind of a little more tentative and maybe hesitant to ask questions. And this time she was like, I just need answers. <laughs> like, I need you to tell me what's going on, which I liked. I think, I think maybe before, you know, cause before was her first time in the fortress. And so, and also too, she wasn't really dealing with like a world, like a citywide situation where literally there was nobody else around that could help her. Like even Superman was under the sway of Miriam. Like he just showed up and then just boop, like dropped down <laughs> yeah. and started walking with everyone else. <laughs> well, when he was like, he was like approaching, I was like, how are they going to get out of this one? <laughs> and then shoop. And I was like, ah, that's how. Well, I, that, that got a little bit of controversy online. Were y'all okay with the justification for why it affected Superman and not Supergirl? I thought it was really thin. I was like, I thought it would have made more sense, like, when she's in the fortress and she's talking to that adorable little robot. <laughs> and she's, I was, like, obsessed with the robot. I was like, could the robot, like, be a cast member? Yeah, and he's just like, so cute. Yeah, he's so cute. But uh, when the robot was just like, oh, he's, uh, you know, Superman's off world. I was like, okay, accept it. Like, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, we're watching Supergirl. Sometimes I feel like they are more concerned about they're thinking that we're like questioning more about where Superman is when I almost never am. I'm just like, Oh, he's fine. He's doing other stuff. Like, I I don't, I don't know. So I, I under, I appreciate that this is like a worldwide thing that's going on. You probably want to bring in Superman because why wouldn't they call him? But I would have accepted that he was just, you know, not around. He was busy doing Superman stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Saying he's off world. I'm good. That's all. Yeah, exactly. Okay, accept it. Let's move on. So, but I thought that the their like justification, like you know, he went to kindergarten and therefore <laughs> Myriad can like take over his mind too. I was like, all right. <laughs> yeah, uh, Carly, what did you think about that? Yeah, I, it seemed a little weak. Um, I mean, like Morgan said, I would have totally been fine if we hadn't seen him at all. Like it, it seemed a little lame to just like have him like a little tiny superman like cgi flying in and then you just like there's really nothing to differentiate him except the red cape i'm like oh okay i guess that's him bonus points for (laughs) the flowing cape though that's true i i appreciate some good cape shots so uh yeah i i will go with the excuse about how you know he's watched sesame street and grew up on a farm and that's why um, it's affecting him um, just because I, I can go with the, okay, Kara came to Earth at a different point in her life and maybe she's not as affected. To, like, mm-hmm. I can kind of go with that, but I, I'm, I'm like, y'all, like, just say he's 
in space somewhere doing something. I'm, I'm cool with that. Um, and I also would like to echo Morgan's sentiments about uh, Kellex. I was really impressed with a scene between Supergirl and, and this, you know, Kryptonian robot, how impacted I was. I was like, this is so fascinating that she is talking to this robot and they are having a really interesting scene right now. The acting is very good that she's <laughs> acting with this robot. Um, I, would, I would watch more Kellex. Give, I'm if, just saying, season two, Kellex, full-time cast member. Full-time, full <laughs> regular cast member. In, in the credits. <laughs> yes. We want his name in the credits, on the posters. It needs to happen. Um, because I, I like Kellex. I loved the little, the little um, bit where he called her Lady Kara. Because uh, that's very much like how he would refer to uh, Clark or Kal-El's mother as Lady Lara. And uh, he, he does that in like the John Byrne Man of Steel comic and, and the Man of Steel movie. So I, I love that little touch where he calls her Lady Kara. So um, I, I enjoyed that very much. I, I thought it was nice to kind of see Kara not take no for an answer. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, right, right, right. When it comes to Mary, like, because, you know... Everybody's been trying to ask about Myriad from the AI, various AI and everybody, you know, they all keep getting shut down. Like, no, we can't, you know, we can't access that. Any, any further attempts will result in, you know, destruction or whatever. Right. Um, so I like that she was literally, she literally just got to the point where she's like, no, you're going to tell me what's, <laughs> what's yeah. going on. I, I, um, I enjoyed her frustration. So. She was like, I just need someone to help me. Like she yelled yeah, about it. Yeah. What so did, I liked that. What did you think about her mom showing up? Oh, mom. Well, I always love Laura Benanti. So it, I was glad to see her show up in any capacity. Um, but yeah, it was, and it was also nice to kind of finally get some answers. And, and I think too, that it was good to see her interact with Kara. I mean, she, I don't, I think Kara was kind of more distracted by like the problem. So she didn't really, get kind of swept up in the in the emotion of like seeing her mom again which would have been fine but i think she was she kind of had more like problems to worry about um but you know it was a nice scene and you kind of you see her like impart some information and wisdom and so it was good yeah i, I really liked that when she got so frustrated and just said i need someone to help me her mother shows up i thought mm -hmm. that was very very nice um and I guess this is a good segue to turn it over to the other mother in this episode. Um, we we get a little bit of Alex and Jean on on the run, um, kind of on their adventure to try to track down Jeremiah Danvers, which was kind of not really touched on a lot. They kind of stop at Eliza's house on their way to, <laughs> to go find Jeremiah. I guess we'll get more on that. I don't even know if we'll get that in the finale now that, you know, what has happened to Alex might... Um, prevent that a little bit, but um, what did what did you guys think about seeing Alex and Jean kind of hiding out from everybody? Uh, Morgan, let's uh, start with you. I really liked it. I thought that was so like the scene on the bus when they're looking for them, and I was like, "Wait, who's that little boy?" <laughs> like I thought that I thought that Alex had just like randomly stolen a child like for a split second, and I was like, "Alex, girl, no!" And then I was like, "Oh, that's right, because he can shape shift." Mm -hmm. I felt very dumb, but I I liked I liked them being on the run together, and I I loved all the scenes um, in the, the in the Danvers home 
between uh, Jean and Eliza and uh, and Alex. I thought all of those scenes were really great. And I love Helen Slater in the role and like how excited she was mm-hmm. trying to figure out how his shape shifting worked. Like she went from like, oh my God, alien to like, so like, how does that work exactly? <laughs> like, tell me the science behind it. And he was just kind of like, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty great. I, I liked it that they like, you know, in the middle of all of this like craziness and like the world kind of ending that the, the show still like took a couple seconds to have like a nice joke in there. I thought that was great. Carly, what did you think about their uh, trip to Eliza's house? John disguised as the little boy was hilarious because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, well, we know that's Alex in the wig, and then you see his eyes glow, which I was like, oh, yep, yeah, we know now. But then his whole reveal to Mrs. Danvers, and he's like, you might want to stand back for this because <laughs> I'm going to get very big. Um, I think I forgot that. Mrs. Danvers was a scientist too. Like, I don't know why I think it just, that plot, particular plot detail never really, I just couldn't remember it. So then when she started asking John about his shape-shifting abilities, it was really cute because I felt like it was a fun little way for them to remind everyone, oh yeah, like she's also a scientist and of course she would be fascinated by it. Like, of course that would be the thing that she would fixate on after the initial shock of like, Oh yeah, it's a shape-shifting Martian um, in my living room. <laughs> but I thought it was really sweet, and it you know it kind of called back to Jeremiah's willingness to befriend him, mm-hmm. even though he didn't really know that much about him. Like she was, it was more of kind of a friendly fascination for her too. I think you know they weren't asking questions to be mean or whatever. Like I think sometimes people they don't know about something, so they don't really know the kind of questions to ask. And I, there wasn't any, you know, meanness or maliciousness in it. It was like just genuine curiosity and wanting to know and excitement about possibilities for science. And she's, you know, talking about how he takes it, you know, how he takes into account this and that, you know, and all these things. And, and he, you just see this kind of faint look of amusement on his face as she's bombarding him with all these questions. Um, so I thought it was really sweet that, she kind of reacted the same way that her husband did all those years ago. That was, so that was, that was a cute little scene between the two of them. I hadn't really thought about that, but that is a, a nice parallel. And, and it's nice that the Danvers family, you know, all of them are like that. Um, and I have to say when Helen Slater, she's like, uh, uh, Eliza, when she kind of first sees Jean transform from the little boy into the Hank Henshaw uh, version of himself, she's like, what the hell? And it just, that made me laugh so much. I don't know what it was, but I guess it was just like, I think that's what a normal person would probably say when seeing something like that. So it just, the the humanity of that moment kind of made me laugh a lot. Um, and I did enjoy her asking all the sciencey questions about the enzymes and all the uh, stuff in his um the inner workings of his powers uh, because they, they did mention it way, way, way back uh, when she first uh, came on the show. So it was a nice reminder. And I, they gave a little bit uh, of an answer about kind of the adventure that they're trying to go on to find Jeremiah, something about going to Cadmus. Um, But this, that's kind of cut short. And I guess maybe we should talk about why it's cut short. Um, Alex, decides that she's going to be the big sister. She knows her little sister is in National City with 
mind-controlling villains <laughs> and the world is at stake. So she decides, uh, maybe against her better, better judgment, I don't know, we'll, we'll talk about that, um, and she goes to National City to try and help. Uh, Carly, what did you think about Alex's decision to go back? Yeah, and, and, and she has the whole conversation, too, I think, with her mother trying to dissuade her. And, and John is trying to say, you know, oh, I don't think it's a good idea. And she's like, well, you can protect me, right, with your, with your powers. Which I was like, yeah, but how much ability does he actually have? And then they get back to National City. And you can tell right away, like, as soon as they land he's immediately hit with how powerful myriad is. And so it's like almost impossible for him to block it out and make sure that she's not affected. I I mean, I can understand, I think why she wanted to be there for Kara, but at the same time, I was like, well, wouldn't she realize that she's probably pretty limited in terms of how much she can actually help? I don't know, but I can understand her wanting, wanting to try. So there was, I mean, it was, it kind of gave a nice scene between Alex and her mom and, and, and that kind of thing. And she kind of brings up like, you know, she brings up the dad and, and the history there. And so, yeah, it brought a lot of Danvers, a lot of Danvers history <laughs> up, I think. Yeah, I, I was, uh, I was kind of like, oh, Alex, don't, don't make promises you can't keep. Cause she, she promises her mother that she'll try very, very, very hard to come back. And I was like, you're putting way too many berries on there. Um, <laughs> so I'm a little concerned about that. Um, Morgan, what did you think about Alex wanting to go back to National City? Yeah, I thought it made a lot of sense. Like, it makes a lot of sense with her character that she would have a hard time just standing by when something this big is happening. But at the same time, like, I was like, logically, Alex, this is a terrible idea. Like, a terrible idea. Like, you're going into a, a place where there's, like, everybody who's human is mind-controlled, and you're human. Like, when she was saying to to um, to John, like, oh, you can protect my mind, I was like, uh, but like, what if he gets knocked out in like a fight or something? Then what? And <laughs> it's, <she> that's <laughs> which is basically exactly what happened. So I oh, I was so like, it, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was it was so tough because like it makes sense for her character to want to like be in the fight, but at the same time, like you would kind of hope that she would like sit back and think like logically, maybe I shouldn't go into the city to be, you know, obviously she's a prime target to get used against Kara. So, which is exactly what happened. And I had so many feels about that. Yeah. I think that's really interesting because they make a mention of how Alex is the one who knows all of her weaknesses. You know, Alex is the one who has trained her to fight. She's the one who grew up with her, knows all about her powers, knows what she can and can't do. So Alex actually, would be a, a real threat to Kara just uh, based on her knowledge of who she is and what she can do. So um, I guess we can wrap it up by taking some speculations on what's going to happen next episode because it ends with them somehow. I, I don't fully understand how Alex kind of flew up in the air to meet Supergirl, but maybe that <laughs> suit, maybe that suit she's wearing gives her uh, some extra abilities. Um, Carly, what do you think is going to go down with them? Are, are they going to fight? Um, what do you think is going to happen to kind of get Alex out of that? 
oh, I don't know. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, I don't know. It was such a, it was, I don't, I don't know if I expected to, that they would, that they, and you know, it was technically, I guess it was like Indigo's idea, right? She kind of had this like, oh, I have a better idea instead of killing her. Here's what we'll do. Yeah. And then you don't know until you, they cut to the scene where she's in, I guess, like a kryptonite. It's like a suit with kryptonite built in, right? So she's, She's got the advantage on Kara in terms of kind of being able to bring her down, take her down a couple notches. Um, and she has the kryptonite sword on yeah, her. So yeah, not good. Very not dangerous. Good. Very it's dangerous. definitely, yeah, it's definitely going to be, I feel like it's probably going to be pretty, a pretty like knockdown drag out fight before something happens. But I don't know what could happen to like break them up. Um uh, yeah, I don't have any theories. I'm just, I have a feeling it's going to be pretty brutal, though. Yeah, it, yeah. Alex is very metallo-light um, in, in that moment. Uh, Morgan, do you have any theories, speculations on what might go down or how it gets stopped? I'm just I have. I have no idea. I was trying to think, like, how are they going to get, like, Alex out of that? And I just, I don't know. It's so tough. Oh, I don't want to see them fight. <laughs> just... <laughs> Just get along. No, it was, and I, I think it's like a smart move on the the part of the show because, to me at least, like, Non is a little bit of a lackluster villain. I like, I just don't think that he's got like a. He has a little bit more dimensions as the season's gone on, but I think that Astro was really the main villain, and when she left, we got stuck with non and we're like oh okay so i guess he's who we're supposed to be afraid of now and i think indigo is a little bit more fun but i think that her having to fight alex brings like a real like real huge emotional stakes to the finale and so i'm excited on that aspect but i'm i'm terrified of like how they're gonna get out of this like you can't kill alex uh no you definitely cannot um and I think you make a great point about how the emotional connection to Alex is what makes the fight, the conflict, so much stronger. Because I think that's why Astra was such a good villain is because Astra and Kara on Krypton had had such a good relationship. And so mm -hmm. when they kind of butted heads on Earth, that's what made that. And like Kara and Nan don't really have that kind of relationship. So um, it's not as interesting so I, but I, I do agree also that the raising of the stakes with Alex is a smart move because the whole season has been about how close they are as sisters. And even when we've been discussing Adventures of Supergirl, the digital comic series, that's mostly about their relationship and about their sisterly dynamics. So to see them, you know, come to blows like this, that's, that's really raising the, the level of intensity for the series. So, um, I'm, I'm, I'm anxious about it. I don't think she'll kill Alex. I don't think Kara will die, but I don't know what is going to happen. <laughs> Who is going to step in? Will, will Jean show up and, and recover and help, you know, break up that fight? I don't know. Um, so that'll be something to, to see because hopefully we'll get right back in, into that when the finale starts. Um, overall thoughts on the episode um did you like it did you not like it uh carly we'll start with you what did you think of myriad we talked about it a little at the beginning i feel like i think you did rebecca <laughs> there's so much happened like a lot happened um 
I never really felt like it was too much, if that makes sense. Like, I, I mean, I think we got, we got like the introduction of a new villain slightly, which was, I think just enough. Um, you know, there was some, there was some good emotional scenes for Kara. There was some good humor. <sighs> and then we end on a cliffhanger, <laughs> which I was like, no, at the end. Um, That's what they want you to say. No, but it was good. I liked it. It was, you know, we kind of, after, after the last episode was a little bit more lighthearted and fun. We definitely changed, you know, we definitely switched things up a little bit uh, in terms of a more intense episode. But I'm excited. I'm 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 a little sad that it's the finale because that's gonna that's then it means we're not gonna have any new Supergirl for a while. Right. Season till season two. <laughs> oh, and I have to believe that they're waiting on something. Like maybe they're gonna make a special announcement about it. I don't know, but I feel I have to believe at this point that it's inevitable. But yeah, so I'm I'm excited for the next episode, but I'm sad that it's last episode of season two. Yeah. What what is the saying? Don't don't frown because it's over smile because it happened or whatever what that saying is oh, um, yeah. uh yeah well <laughs> try to make it into a positive um morgan what did you think about this episode yeah i also really liked it i it, it was a really fast moving episode there was so much happening they squeezed like a lot of action into the episode but i think that they did it in a really in a really well done way. There was some stuff that I felt like kind of made like the, like some of the DEO, like the battles in the DEO in the beginning of the episode, while very cool felt like you probably could have picked that up and taken it right out of the episode and nothing would have really changed about the episode. But I really liked it. I, and I liked the way that it set up the finale. I think we've got like a, a big, a lot of big emotional stuff that's probably going to come up in the finale. And I'm really excited to see what they come up with and how and where our characters end up. And obviously I'm very, very excited for like whatever they're going to announce season two because they have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's hope we'll hear something soon. Um, I thought this episode was very exposition heavy and sometimes that was hard to kind of grab hold of. And so I really liked the character beats in that because that's the, in this episode the character beats are what kind of drew me in um the stuff with cat and maxwell and supergirl and um the alex situation those are the things that kind of really drew me in because everything else was oh, okay i had but the, i will say for the writers of the show every time i had a question when i was watching it they answered it almost immediately i would be like wait, so in this previous episode, this happened, so I don't really understand this. And then they would answer it as soon as I asked the question. So <laughs> I, I got to give it up for that because they didn't leave me hanging and they actually remembered that there were things that needed to be answered. So I appreciated that. Um, so even though it took me a while to kind of get into it and kind of understand the rules of Myriad and what was happening, um, I did really gravitate towards the character stuff. And I love Maxima, love Kellex, would like to see more both of them and I um I was really surprised uh, well I shouldn't have been uh to see General Lane I was glad to see him back um because when I had talked to Glenn Morshower in February he had mentioned that he was going to be in like the the episodes towards the end of the season and that he had wanted to for he had wanted General Lane to have a, a better relationship with Supergirl, and so you kind of saw that I think in this episode where they're like 
you know, pals talking on the phone, like, hey, what's up? What, <laughs> is Lucy okay? Okay, yeah, she's okay. Um, well, actually, she wasn't okay, um, but they acted like she was okay. It was really weird. Um, so I was glad to see him back, and so hopefully he'll get to do uh, some more stuff in coming episodes or seasons of the show because uh, I really like Glenn Morshower. Um, okay, well, I guess that will wrap it up for our discussion, but let's find out what our listeners had to say about Myriad. At Paradox Kid says, although it slowed down in the middle, Myriad was a good episode with the, with the cool ending. I need more Maxima in my life. <laughs> Ditto. Uh, M. Teeston says, very solid episode. Lots of good interactions between characters and what looks to be a huge season finale. At CMC The Glass Show says great episode and i hope hank isn't really dead i don't think he is i think he was just really kind of beat up although he was surrounded by a lot of fire for martian manhunter that that must be terrifying so i thought that was um that was that was really cruel to put him around so much fire but i think he's just kind of knocked out at agent wolf 86 says it was great can't wait for the finale next week at madtown davidson says i liked it okay Good themes about hope, but Nan is the most boring, boring who is ever boring. <laughs> At least we had Indigo. <laughs> he, he's, he's not the greatest villain in the world, but he's, he's at least successful. He, his, he's his he's very is, one track. Yeah, yeah his, his plan's in action, but uh, uh, Indigo is a little more fun to watch. Uh, at McAbigail says, I love this episode. Kat was the best. She has some of the best lines on the show. She is Supergirl's muse. It's true. She gave her the idea. Uh, at Kenny Crayley says, Myriad was so good and emotional. At Schleif says, not a good episode. It was all over the place. I hope the finale is better. I hate Indigo. Bad villain. Well, hey, those are, those are fair assessments. Um, I, I do think that some of it could have been better in parts. Um, but I would disagree about Indigo. She, she's kind of fun. I enjoyed that she quoted that um, an Alexander wept thing because it, it made me think of 30 Rock, which I know <laughs> when you watch the 30 Rock version of that, it makes you think of Die Hard. So it kind of has this like Inception three levels deep thing. <laughs> um, but when that, when that came up, that made me so happy. Because so, when she said it, I was like, I've heard that somewhere. I was like, oh, of course I heard it from 30 Rock, because that's where I hear everything. That That is the base of my knowledge, is 30 Rock. Oh, man. I was like, die hard, quote, what? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> at Mr. Mac 3130 says, need better writers. What show goes off air during a battle? Well, didn't they do this before in a previous episode? Where yeah, the, su- one where, the one where Nan attacks... Uh, Maxwell Lord's uh, facility. Yeah. 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 Yes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it was, I mean, it's cliffhanger. I, yeah, I think, it, I think it was Nan and Supergirl who did a similar mm-hmm. flying at each other thing. So yeah. they, it's, it's, it's a pattern now. It's a tradition on Supergirl. That's how they have to end episodes. <laughs> it's a cliffhanger. It's supposed to be, you know. Right. They can end during a battle. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, at Indigo Blue 171 says, not my favorite episode, but I'm guessing it's good setup for next week. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, what penultimate episodes are supposed to do. I'm going to keep saying penultimate as much as I can because you, <laughs> you don't get to say it very much. Um, but I, I think that's what it's, you know, that's the job of a penultimate episode is to set up for the finale. So I think that's what we got. Yeah. Well, I think that there's two, like, I don't know if there's as many shows these days that do a two-part 
storyline, mm. like an episode, you know, a story that continues, starts in one episode and ends in another. I feel like a lot of shows will do more like a multi-episode or they kind of do like a bigger arc that maybe fades off for a couple episodes and then they like jump back in. Like on Flash, they have, you know, the Zoom is like the overarching villain, but then they have like the little villains that kind of come in. But a lot of shows don't really do a storyline that specifically starts um, at the beginning of an, of one episode and then ends in the second one. Mm. Um, I know like X-Files back in the day used to do that a lot with like their really heavy mythology episodes. They would They would have literally part one, part two that were supposed to kind of be watched together, but obviously were airing with a week apart. So you would get the cliffhanger. So, I mean, I think I'm just used to that because I watch a lot of (laughs) (laughs) X-Files. Well, it's interesting you mentioned that because I think Gotham does something similar occasionally. I think they'll do stuff like that where they'll do like a two or three part Mr. Freeze episode or a two part Scarecrow origin Mm -hmm. or something like that. So that is kind of rare nowadays that that shows don't really do that anymore. Interesting. Um, Well, we have an email from Derek who wrote, quote, I actually mind that a lot of people know about Jean. Unlike how many people know that Oliver is the Green Arrow, unquote. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to be bitter about Arrow, um, maybe just a little bit. But there's there's one less person on Arrow who knows that Oliver oh. is the Green Arrow. Um, oh. give, give me some time. I'll get over it. Um, uh, but I think it, that's an interesting thing to bring up because I, it's not something I had really thought about in terms of John. Like, Kara knows he's an alien alex knows he's an alien eliza now knows he's an alien jeremiah knows he's an alien um well like all of the deo now knows he's yeah, an alien. Like, so like the entire true. like u.s government basically <laughs> <laughs> that is really true i think the only person of course well cat and well i don't know do win and james know because they've been hanging out the deo i think they know they probably know <laughs> So does everybody know but Cat? Of course, everybody knows but Cat. That's I, the, think, yeah. I think somebody like sent out a newsletter, like FYI. <laughs> <laughs> FYI, Hank Henshaw is not really Hank Henshaw. He's actually an alien from Mars. Um, just FYI, pass it around. Except <laughs> to everybody but Cat. <laughs> um, so that's an interesting point, Derek, that I had not considered. That actually a lot of people do know who he really is. Um, so that's actually kind of funny, but I could see where it would be a little frustrating. Doesn't the senator know that he's also? Oh, <laughs> she does. That's right, because there was they were going to have a little bit of a romance, and now yeah. she's not really sure. <laughs> That's right. Well, yep, you're right, Morgan. The, uh, the government, there are parts of the government that know, aside from the DEO, there are senators who know about this alien. The list keeps growing. <laughs> like, as we sit here, we're like, oh, yeah, doesn't this other person know, too? I think more people know about Jean, maybe, than Supergirl. Uh, so that's that's really interesting. <laughs> well, if you want to contact Supergirl Radio, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. And we have become a literal Supergirl Radio on Spotify, so definitely check out our playlist if you want to hear music from the show or about Supergirl or anything associated with superheroes. We've got a good playlist there. We are available on iTunes and Stitcher, so if you have time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write a review. And we're also a part of the DC TV podcast circle, so if you also like Gotham, Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, and even DC movies, subscribe to our DC TV podcast mega feed, and follow at DC TV podcast on Twitter, and like DC TV podcast on Facebook. 
As for me, you can follow me on Twitter at DerbyKid, that's D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D, and watch videos I've shot and edited on my YouTube at YouTube at my at, on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash duckmilkprod that's D-U-C-K-M-I-L-K-P-R-O-D and I should also mention that if you'd like to hear more Supergirl radio talk about the Supergirl Flash crossover episode uh, that was before Myriad you can check out episode number 217 over at Scarlet Velocity because Carly and I actually made an appearance and chatted about the episode with those guys so you can check it out at randomchatter.com slash SV-217, that's the URL for that. So I thought I'd give them a shout-out because they were very pleasant to talk to, and we had a good time. And uh, you can also find their podcast, Scarlet Velocity, on iTunes and Stitcher. Yep, cool flash bros. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, You can find me on Twitter at Equivocarly, E-Q-U-I-V-O-C-A-R-L-Y. I am weekend editor at The Mary Sue, which you can go to at themarysue.com. I write for Hello Giggles. I sometimes write for Teen Vogue. Sometimes I'm also just on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Just being excited about Supergirl and also begging for season two already. And it should also be mentioned that as we are recording this, today is your birthday. So very happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. (laughs) So thank you. Thank you for spending part of your, um, the day of your birth talking about Supergirl with us. And Morgan, where can people find you on the internet? Sure. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Mojotastic. That's M-O-J-O-T-S-T-I-C. You can find some of my writing on Buddy TV. And I also co-host the Legends of Tomorrow podcast, which you should definitely check out. Awesome. Well, if you want to hang out for a quick spoiler section, we'll be doing that right after our theme music. But until then, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. I'm still Carly Lane. And I'm still Morgan Glennon. And remember that heroes find the courage to step up even though they're afraid. What you just heard was the audio for what's coming up on Supergirl. The next and final episode of season one is called Better Angels. And the official description for that episode for the season finale says, quote, Supergirl is forced to do battle with an unexpected foe and must risk everything, including her life, to prevent Non and Indigo from destroying every person on the planet, unquote. Um, so what do you guys think about this? This sounds really intense. Um, Carly, what do you think about this description? 
everything, including her life. Um, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Well, from the, from the teaser, it seems like we're picking right back up where we left off with the Alex Cara fight. And it looks like there's some pretty intense fighting happening, which I predicted and I'm looking forward to, but also not. You know I like my angst, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, it seems like, it seems like, I mean, this week's episode was definitely a lot of setup for, I think, what's probably going to be pretty big and epic finale. So, I'm, ex- I mean, I'm excited. So, looking forward to it. Cool. M- Morgan, what are your thoughts about this description? Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be very, very intense. Um yeah, I, I, I think that it's it's going to be a, like a, a pretty big finale. Uh, the the preview looked pretty epic, and we've got her fighting with with her sister, which is awful, but also <laughs> like kind like kind of cool, like in her kryptonite suit. So I'm in, I'm interested to see where they're going to go with everything, and I'm I'm in, I was glad when I saw uh, John pop back up in the preview because I was like. They just didn't, what? They wouldn't do that, like, in the second, ep- like, you know, right before the finale. And uh, so I was really relieved when, like, the preview came along and, like, there he was. And I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah, hopefully he'll he'll help, he'll be able to help out in whatever's going down. And I'm actually kind of surprised by this description because after Myriad, I was like, oh, well, they're just going to get on TV or on the radio, some kind of broadcast, and they're going to sing Kumbaya and everything's going to be fine. Everybody's going to have these hopeful sayings, you know, put into their brains. And the plan will, that, that will succeed. But that's not what it sounds like is going to happen. It doesn't sound like getting on that broadcast is going to solve anything. It sounds like fighting is going to take place and crazy things. I mean, Carly, you mentioned, you know, Supergirl risking her life. Um, that does not sound like getting on a broadcast with Cat Grant. That sounds more significant than that. So I'm actually really shocked by this description. Um, but it sounds like an awesome episode, so we'll have to see what happens. Um, and I'm curious if this finale will end on a cliffhanger, um, because sometimes when shows are kind of on the bubble and you don't know if they're going to get renewed or not, sometimes they the writers will kind of put it on a cliffhanger to try to force networks to renew them. Um, Or sometimes if they think, oh, we might not get renewed, sometimes they'll wrap it up. So I'm actually kind of really curious as to how they're going to end the episode just to see like how it kind of plays out. And hopefully before the episode airs, we'll hear like confirmation. Oh, come back in season two Um, (laughs) to see what happens. Um, But Regardless, I'm very excited about the finale um, and to see how everything wraps up. Well, speaking of wrapping up, thanks for listening, and we'll be back with another episode discussion next time on Supergirl Radio.